welcome to this week's Murray's Mates. This episode is part two of Murray's big chat with ex-Largs Thistle player Kevin Struthers. If you have not already, listen to part one on iTunes or on our club YouTube channel, Largs Thistle Net. Today, Kevin is talking about memories from nine seasons at Largs. But first, a word from our host Murray Grayston. This week's Murray's Mates is brought to you by GPD Mortgage Solutions of Greenock. Whether you're a first-time buyer or want to remortgage your home, Sean and his team will find the right deal for you. Take out a mortgage or insurance policy with GPD Mortgage Solutions and you will receive a free will. Plus, tell them you heard this advert on Murray's Mates and they will make a £50 donation to Largs Thistle. Applying for a mortgage is easy with GPD Mortgage Solutions. Find them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash GPD Mortgage Solutions or visit www.gpdmortgagesolutions.co.uk That's www.gpdmortgagesolutions.co.uk And that season we had our highest league finish. That's right, highest league finish, finish fifth. Um, I think I'd Aye, highest league finish, aye, fifth place in the in Premier League. Um, but that season was a, bit, it was a wee bit of a write-off for me because I'm sure my first season, I tore my ankle ligaments and uh, didn't realise how long it took for ankle ligaments to to heal. Uh, so my first season was a bit of a write-off, to be fair, but um, that's really the first kind of injury, lengthy injury I had was, was my ankle ligaments. Um it was unfortunate it was my first season, but uh, obviously uh, next season I, I played a bit more and obviously it's went on for nine years. So the next year is one of those ones you just look at it and you really wonder how did all that happen? Because you've been relegated, but at the same time you've made the Scottish Cup semi-final. What would it be a kind of... A season like that, but it's always, the Scottish Cup's almost a distraction, I suppose. It's a welcome distraction, but the I, relegation to begin with, what, what went wrong? You're the highest finish. Uh, I don't know. It's a mixture of things. Obviously, a, a turnover, you, you can lose a couple of players. And uh, once I think my experience in the juniors is you've got to get off to a good start. No matter what league you're in, you've got to start strong. Um, and if you don't, you're left chasing your tail because... Losing becomes a habit the same way winning does. Um, and it's a hard habit to break. Uh, when, when you're doing it, obviously I've been re- unfortunate enough to be relegated a, a couple of times. And it's not anything that I'm proud of, but we've never got after a good a good start the seasons we've been relegated. And it, that's, you don't want to be left chasing your tail. See, come Christmas, if you're, if you're left clawing to try and keep yourself up, it's, it's never good. And when you're doing there, it seems as if everything goes against you. Like, Do you know what? You'll maybe... Sorry, on you go. I felt it was a particular issue. This is not, as you're right, it was a difficult season for us. Yep. But by the same token, with 22 games to play, yep. see if you lose your first eight games, as happened a few years later, you're in trouble. Yep. So it oh, wasn't definitely. necessarily, it wasn't 22 games, it's, it's difficult to justify, it's frankly difficult to justify that at, at a semi-professional level. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, uh, so I think there must be a degree of mitigation, but obviously it was a very difficult. I remember that season; it was very, diff- very difficult season. But it we was. Did, we, we did our very best in difficult circumstances. Oh, hundred percent. That was also quite a season. There was quite a lot of publicity about the club that year. Is that when, when 
when the late the late Colin Weir, that was his I, new buildings, which led to a lot of publicity for better or worse about the club. We don't need to go over we don't need to go over it again. But yeah, and, there was we were quite often in the news. That's, aye, all, that's but, what I'll say. That's all that's what I'll say. But obviously to get a, a, a Scottish Cup semi final and it'd be beaten penalties. Um was a hard one because we didn't we didn't lose either of the games. We we drew one each with shots away and then and then drew nothing each at at, uh, at Barfield and it went to penalties because they don't do the away goal thing. So it just was done as a draw. And penalties is a lottery, isn't it? It's it's just about who's who's confident and and who's not. And unfortunately, we we went out in penalties, which was a hard one to take. Well, there's one just where I was actually speaking to one of my mates about that recently. See the. I think it doesn't come in. It's the, the fatigue. See, if you've played, you've been playing a lot, especially at that time of season, mm-hmm. your legs are knackered and coming up to take a at the end of the game. You don't think you've got the energy in your legs where you think you could put it at the start of the game type thing. It's, but uh, it's a, did you take it's any penalties? It's mentally. No, I actually, I actually didn't play second leg. Second leg at Barfield, I didn't play um, for one reason or another. But uh, I, I was disappointed. Um, but I know what you're saying. Once it gets to penalties, it, it is. It's like you've got to take a physical fatigue, and then you've got a mental fatigue as well. And that depending where you're hitting, what 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 stage in a shootout you're hitting, it might be like the guy before he's in your team's missed, and there's a bit of pressure on you to to score. And there's so many there's so many things that you need to take into consideration. But I think you just need to be single minded, and this is what I'm going to do. Once it gets to my penalty, I'm going up and I'm going to do this. And nothing's going to change my mind. Whoever, if a miss, a guy misses before me, or they've scored, they've missed before me. It doesn't matter. You've got to just get it clear in your head. This is what I'm doing, and it, I, that's 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 it. That's that's the only way you can look at it. And then just just briefly, I know we're going to the kind of in-depth details about it and that, but the mm-hmm. coming in at Barfields, does that make it a better for you? Because I think the facility for that can kind of everything they are. I think it's it's setting to. I think it makes such a big difference having a facility like that to train on and when it comes to fame and things like that, you're not trip parks are to train in different places every week to try and get a park. Mm-hmm. No, totally, totally. I, I, I love this surface at large. And I remember a couple of the older guys who used to be like Stephen Connick at the time, he put oh, my hips and my knees and and I was like, oh, I, I love it, but I think it's brilliant. I, I wasn't at the time I was a bit younger and I didn't feel anything off it and and it is a great surface. There's no, there's no getting away from that. And it gave me a lift going into that the season, the season that it got done, the first season that we played on it. Definitely gave me a lift for for going and enjoying my football. Uh, but what what we also felt is other teams were coming and getting a lift because they're looking at the surface and like this is brilliant. So the teams you're playing against, are, they're they're getting a lift because they're coming down and seeing the facilities and and the, the surface. So, I it was a, uh, it was it, I found it hard at first to 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 kind of make it a home for us, like people coming in knowing they're going to get a hard game because teams were coming and getting a lift for, for seeing a, a surface as well. Do you know what I mean? So we had, although it, it will eventually work in your favour because you'll get used to playing on it and training on it, but other teams were coming and getting a lift for it as well. So, aye, it was, but definitely for the better. One of those ones, I mean, everyone looks forward to going away to a, a decent away ground, but if you look at it, nobody wants to go to be the way or something like that. You're playing in the narrow part, then the slope, or up the slope. And... Aye, I know. So it's, it's, no, it's not a huge advantage. No. It's just no, something that other teams look forward to. 
Aye, they know they can get a body and play if the facts are. Barfield at the time when it got put in was state of the art. It was like yeah. top notch. You know what I mean? So it wasn't as if we were just putting down the a kind of basic 3G. I'm pretty sure there was talk of like the the companies that tendered to put it down who put in uh, like to co- put in for the contract. There was like this is this is guys that were laying laying surfaces doing it like Premier League clubs, training grounds and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Who were coming up to do it up at Barfields and uh, it wasn't just your your kind of average 3G. It was it, it, at the time. That surface was state of the art, and it was you could tell. See, when we were on, playing on it first, it was it was, it was brilliant. I also do believe it's aged quite. I, I I'm reluctant to say a surface has aged less well than another surface, but there are yes. surfaces that you play on which it's. I will I will not name them, but there are surfaces nope. that you play on and you see which are, are, it's not the fault of the clubs. So I do not wish to name the surfaces, but haven't nope. necessarily aged as well. Again, yep. the, the very the very oldest substances have been relayed, but substances yep. in the last 10, 15 years are more thinking. Uh, so that season, you've been relegated, you've lost a Scottish Cup semi-final. So how do you come back for that? For starters, we'll start with the Ayrshire Cup one, which you would never imagine as being the kind of least of the... Of the two th- good things that happened that season, the Ayrshire Cup's the smaller of them, or the most insignificant one, which you would never imagine... Lags winning a cup for starters, what was that like? That was that was brilliant. That was honestly, yeah. See, Paul, keep me right here, Paul. But I'm sure that season we had we had like obviously we got to the playoffs, right? Yes, so but I'm sure we played Kello on the Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. Be in the quarter final of the Ayrshire Cup on a mm-hmm. Saturday. So think about this we're talking about fatigue money, right? We played Kello on the Saturday in, a, in an Ayrshire Cup quarter-final. We beat them 6-0. We played the semi-final against Irvine Meadow on the Monday. We played the Ayrshire Cup final on the Friday. We played the first leg of the playoff the following Monday and played the second leg on the Wednesday. So we played six games, right? Six games that all meant something. A quarter-final, a semi-final, a final. And quarter, semi-final, and two five legs in a playoff. Five, five games, right? Five games we played in a week and a half that all meant something. And see when you talk about character, see when you talk about character in a team, that was unbelievable, honestly. We had guys who, everybody was wearing like ankle straps, like taping up their knee, people taking paracetamol before games, people taking cocodamol before games, like, but everybody wanted to, see because, that's what I'm talking about, when it becomes a habit. See once you start that run of winning games, Everybody wants to play. Nobody wants to drop out. Everybody's doing everything they can to make sure they're fit for the next game. And that week and a half is, it was unbelievable, honestly. Um, even going down, like, didn't even Paul, you were there, the Irvin Meadow game. We played them down there. We, honestly, we, we ripped them apart and we only had two subs. I think, did we have two subs that night and the two of them were goalies? Is that right, Paul? I'd have to, I'll check, but see the Kello game a few days before? Yeah. Well, Kello were a struggling team, so... That's but, right, but we bought Grant Weir, a goalkeeper, on as a sub, as a striker. We did, yeah, right? Which was more on. a bit of a, bit of a laugh, because we five... Grant Weir... Uh, let me, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to fish it all just now. I've got the stats for that season. Uh, I'm sure that's the way it panned out. Five games, and see on the... I'm sure we had... We might have had three subs, but two subs were goalies. <laughs> for the medal game, to- yes, that's correct. 
That's right. So we we actually get two guys sent off as well. Muri gets sent off, and Gordon Lappin gets sent off for a last man, a last man foul. And Stephen did Stephen Connick save a penalty, Paul? Yes. But actually, bar like it was it was incredible, honestly. And and Irvin Meadow is a good team at that time as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure they like, they probably would have expected us to get down there and they would have turned us over. And uh, and then obviously we went on to beat Cumnock. In fact, <laughs> something I remember for the, the Irvin Meadow game, right? We had uh, we'd finished the game. That was on Wednesday night. We'd finished the game and I travelled with Willie McClure. He was he was Willie, I played at East End at under 11s with Willie. That's how long I've known Willie. Uh, probably since I was about eight or nine. So we come out at Meadow Park and you know you, you come out under the under the stand and you walk up a wee bit outside the pitch and the cars are normally parked behind the goal. So I had parked my car behind the goal and uh, we come out and I'm like, ah, well, somebody's blocked me in. So I'm like, ah, looking at the car and I'm like, ah, Ryan McWilliams, he's a wee copter. I was like, ah, Ryan McWilliams has blocked me in. So Willie's like, ah, I'm not going back down to get him. He says, so me and Willie are like, hurry up, Willie, you go down and get him and get my copy and move to the car. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not going down, you go down. So we had a bit of a, a debate about who was going down. So we eventually got up to my car and I looked in and it was a, a Nike boot bag. It was lying in a, a footwell. And I'm like, that is, that's Big Ryan's car. So I tried the door and his passenger side door opened. So I was like, Willie. <laughs> I says, Willie. Open the driver's side door, let the handbrake off, and we'll push you out of the way so that I can so that I can get my car out. Right? So Willie opens the door. Obviously, he's like, I can't turn the wheel too much because the steering lock will go on. So he lets the handbrake off the ass Corsa. I'm pushed. I've got the door open, the passenger door, pushing it. He's got the driver's side door, pushing it. We're pushing it along. He's are killing herself laughing. And we push it out into the middle of the car park. Leave it right in the middle of the car park. And the two is, the two is could hardly push it for laughing. The next minute, all he hears, oh, oh. Why the f- going on? It wasn't Ryan McWilliams' car, it was the Irvin Meadow assistant manager's car that we were pushing. <laughs> the guy thought we were trying to steal his car. But oh, uh, we're just like that. Sorry, mate. Jumped in my car and away we went. So I that was that was another another one for Unreal. Outstanding. I, and that's what I'm saying. Character, when you talk about character in the team, uh, we had guys playing out of, like guys playing out of position that as well because we only had we were limited in our numbers. But obviously you've got to you've got to put a team together and play. And I think I played most of that season at centre mid. And I'll be honest, see if had had it not been for Gus Galt playing you know, Gus Galt was coming to the end of his career at this point, but see if it hadn't been for Gus Galt being in beside me at times in the middle of the park, I'd never played in centre midfield. And but he was keeping me right and using his experience. Very, very, very experienced player, Gus Galt. Very, very good player to have along. At times it was pro- I was probably his legs at times, but I learned so much just off that period. I played, I played in the middle of the park with Gus, and I'm, I'm still good pals with Gus. I still speak to him and catch up with him when, when I can. But uh, he, was playing, he helped me at the time. Gus would have been 37 years old as well, and aye, he was still playing into his early 40s. Uh, aye, there's a lot of players who struggle to, who struggle to play much beyond their 30s. Gus was a remarkable. Gus was, oh. Gus was certainly a good player to have at the club at the time. Uh, and obviously we had that playoff. Talk us through the playoffs. You might not remember that playoff, maybe, but that Uh-oh. was the, the story that needs to be relived. Unbelievable, unbelievable. So, I what came first? The Ayrshire Cup or the playoff final? The Ayrshire Cup final. The Ayrshire Cup final was on a Friday night, and then the yeah. the playoff was a Monday and a Wednesday. On the on the Friday night, 
Uh, we beat Cumnock 3-0. Brilliant. Again, I think Cumnock thought that they would have just turn up and turn us over and, and we, we beat them in very comfortably, 3-0. Uh, obviously, we knew that we we had a playoff on the Monday and the Wednesday, so the the celebrations couldn't have gone quite as long as we wanted them. We went back to Sharps on a Friday night and called it a called it a night quite early because we, we knew we had the playoffs on the Monday. You go <laughs> at the playoff game and the, uh, how how do you describe a game like that? <laughs> like, obviously, the, obviously the two legs. It's I know. So the the, the first game up, up there three each was. It was nothing between the teams. It was just totally to and fro, and it was physical. Nobody was really on top. Uh, it was a bit, I wouldn't say it was cagey, but it was like you couldn't really separate the two teams. There was nothing really separating three each. Obviously, goals galore. But um, going into the, the the second leg, you probably couldn't have worked out who was going to win it. It was it was literally hanging on a knife edge, and then. The only bo- the bonus for us was that it was home for us for the second leg uh, on the, on the turf, um, and what in a build up there I actually hired a minibus. I says to the boys like, what I'll do is I'll hire a minibus and I'll I don't drink right. I've I've never drank my life, so I was like, what I'll do is I'll I'll hire a minibus and I'll pick all the guys from Clyde up and anybody else that wanted to come, and I'll drive the minibus down. And obviously, if we win, we're out for a night and then I'll drive a minibus and everybody's home and uh, so that's what we done I hired a minibus and I went and picked all the boys up and some of them their, their brothers would come and uncles and so drove down to Largs and then we couldn't get after a worse start um, did, did Paul did we go 3-0 down or was it 2-1 for context to listeners we're playing Ashfield to get promoted to the west of the main Premier Division Ashfield yep. were third bottom of the Premier and we were third we were third top of the first division. We drew three each in Ash, in Ash, as in Ashfield, as in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. And yes, we went 3 0 down after 20 minutes. 3 0 down. Right. So we're 3 0 after 20 minutes in the game. We're 3 0 down, Murray. It was like. In, in front of 1,300 people, roughly. That's right. It was a great crowd. Great crowd at, at Barfield. So 20 minutes into the game, we're 3 0 down. And. Uh, you're thinking, right, the wheels have come off because we've went through these games, obviously. Has this been too much to ask? You're on a park thinking, is this is this too much of an ask for us to to go and play a quarter semi and then a final, then a first leg? And is this it? Is it just, are we too tired? And But then Ed, Eddie Walton scored to make it 3-1. So it was 3-1 at half time. So it, it, once we got a, a goal, I, I was like, we've got a chance here. Because I knew they were they conceded three goals against us at Ash when we played them at their place. And I was like, we they can be got at like hundred percent. So we went in at half time and all the chat at half time was all positive. It was like we need to get a next goal. If if we score the next goal, we're right back in it. We'll see what they're made of. Um and then we the start of the second half, we went out and Murray. Murray scored an absolute worldie. Yep. And then Barry Stanton scored one just after that. Nicky uh, Little. Nicky Little. Nicky Little, so it was. Nicky Little scored a header. And then, obviously, Barry Stanton had scored to, to make it 4-3. Uh, and, Paul, you'll, you'll know, obviously, that when you're playing, it's hard to take in what your atmosphere's like when you're concentrating and playing. But what a game, eh? Uh, 
I, I think we had spotted, this is to take nothing away from the experience I had, I think we had spotted, well, they were vulnerable at the back, and yeah. their keeper, well, a decent keeper, a solid keeper, mm-hmm. like McLennan, was That's right, a yeah. little vulnerable with crosses. And Definitely. I think we, took, we very much took advantage of that. Took advantage of it. But yeah. obviously, we went 4-3 up, and then in the last, it was like 90 plus two minutes. 92 they minutes. Break, 92 minutes, they break down the kind of right-hand side of our box and a boy tries to play a ball across it and Eddie Walton slides in to try and block it and it's hit his hand and they get a penalty in 90 plus two minutes. <laughs> so the boy gets a penalty and scores it. Game finishes 4-8 and it Gornick goes... still got a hand to it and he's pretty scored it. That's right. Um, so 4 each after after normal time and the game just goes straight to penalties. And it's this is Stephen Connick's last game as well. So he's, he's retiring after this, this game. And uh, we go in a penalty shootout, and <laughs> we beat him in the penalty shootout. And Stephen Stephen Connick saves the penalty to basically win his promotion, and it was unbelievable. My my father in law was at that game, and he says it's the best six pound he ever spent. He says when he was walking out the door, he was expecting to ask ask them for more money on the way out. I've honestly, I've got Stevie Connick posters up my wall, just ending, uh, dreaming of ending my career like that. Well, Stephen, so. if you remember it, yeah, it was two saves Stephen made. You, that's uh, right. I was actually quite nervous because you made a good, you made a good, you obviously came to take the first penalty, and it yep, was well right. taken as ever. But mm-hmm. the keeper actually did get a slight hand to it, but he still scored. And Ian and I know Stephen saved the third penalty. あ、そうだね。あ、そうだね。あ、そうだね。あ、そうだね。あ、そうだね。あ、そうだね。あ、そうだね。あ、そうだね。あ、そうだね。あ、そうだね。あ、そうだね。あ、そうだね。あ、そ
So obviously you're standing there and you're like, right, hurry up. And uh, but thankfully I scored it and, and we we won the game two one. So I that was definitely quite a difficult season because we oh. relegated uh I hate to, I think it'd be quite the following season was probably was also there was a lot of change that season, but that was also quite a remarkable 2014-15 when we I'll let Murray explain a little bit about uh we that was the season that Arnie came to the club with Brian Slavin. Uh, if you could, if you if you have a lot of me- do you have any particular memories from 2014-15, which was by all accounts quite a difficult season for the club. Uh, it, it didn't. It? it was. I there was there was things going on in the dressing room that that wasn't great. Uh, as a distraction, and, and obviously we weren't we weren't doing great as well in the park. So, um, you could do with it. It's hard enough trying to get wins. Never mind stuff going on in the dressing room where, like, obviously stuff going on between players and the manager, and a lot of stuff went on that I didn't agree with, and and it should have been sorted out better than it was, and. It's just it's just one of them things. It's it was disappointing. It was a hard season, uh, and ultimately it was a club that suffered um, just because of what was going on. Uh, it was. But, I just recall the lowest point. Well, you might remember uh, the Phoenix. I didn't for what reasons I missed large parts of that season. We had a game. We lost four right. one at home to Greenock. Greenock were a good side, but this was at home, mm-hmm. and we lost four one. Right. Yep. And we also went again. We also went to Kosaif. We had mm-hmm. 14 players there. That's Two right. Of them were goalkeepers. That was mm-hmm. a, that was club. Every club goes through a, almost every club in the world will go through a difficult period like that. I mean, look Definitely. at look at look at a few clubs in Scotland right now. But I mm-hmm. think that was a particularly difficult time for the club. But thankfully, we've came out stronger. Uh, came out stronger, definitely. What kind of difference did it did it make when uh, Arnie and, and Brian came in? Was that a bit of a turning point in the season, as you say? Or? Well, uh, I, playing in it, I remember. I, again, I, I was like playing right mid, left mid, centre mid, up front. Like I was just, I, I didn't really have a set position in the team. I was just kind of filling in all over the place, just wherever wherever I was needed. And uh, I kind of lost, I lost a wee bit. Of, I didn't really know what position I played anymore. Do you know that way? You, you kind of push the pillar to post and you're playing different positions and and I never ever complained about it. I was just happy to be playing and, and enjoying my fo- football and doing the best I could do in whatever position I was asked to play in. But um when Arnie and Brian come in, I remember when when they get when they got a job and it was confirmed that, that they had got a job as joint managers, I was in a petrol station in Greenock and Paul Coyle who used to play it, I played with Port and at Lards was at a pump next to me. And he says, uh, I hear, no, we've, we'd played against that, that Auchinleck team uh, a couple of times. And as I say, they're great players, uh, strong team. And Brian Slate was one of, at that point, was was one of the most successful Auchinleck captains ever. Um, and I had a reputation as a player has, has been tough. And it, it was, it was, a, it was, <laughs> It wasn't good to play against, put it that way. But uh, Paul Coyle says to me, I hear Brian Slavin and Stuart Davidson's get a, a job. And I was like, I know. He says, good luck with that one. And I was like, right, okay. Just because his reputation's a player, uh, people were like, he's going to be hard-hitting and he's going to be demanding and blah, blah. But I actually look forward to it. See, when I heard that it was it was those two coming in, because I'm like, 
that's good because they'll push us and, and they'll get the best out of us. And if there's guys there that, that don't want to push themselves and, and be part of that, then they'll go. And I thought I, I looked at it as a positive. Uh, that's what happened with Slaven when he went down to Sulkits. Uh, I watched a lot with my uh, Sulkits, my papa, that season that he was down there. And I think it was basically just he came in straight for Talbot to a team that's in the Usher District League. Mm-hmm. The one in Latin, the demands and the standards obviously just got too much for some folk and it's either Aye. one way or another and he's obviously made a lot more folk unhappy at Sulkits than he was at Lags mm-hmm. where the standards are a wee bit higher and well, probably for the best for Lags that he's ended up going elsewhere Aye, well, I think when somebody comes in it's, it's a bit mentality right, I think when some when people like that come in, because see Arnie and Bryant and Slavin are of the exact same mentality like they've got the same that same desire, that same will to win um, and it, it was brilliant and I think you've got to get players to buy into that but the younger guys will follow suit see the younger guys in a squad you'll tend to find that they'll follow suit but you need to see the older more experienced guys if they start buying into it the younger guys will just follow suit so the older guys in the team at that time were buying into it so the younger guys just followed on and and it was brilliant and it didn't it didn't just happen overnight I remember speaking to Arnie about this and I was like, I remember when you was come in and, and that was a turning point. And he's like, well, not really. He says, because it took us a couple of games to, to find our feet and work things out. And then once we started to get momentum going, they, we, we, we were winning games. I can't remember what we won. What was it? How many games did we win in a row at the end of that season to stay up, Paul? Can you remember? Let me just check. I know we about at least four, probably more. But let me just check. Aye. But, uh, we definitely went on a major run because... Aye. We carried into the next season as well, didn't we? Because uh, we, we, we managed to... five. I mean, four. Five. One of which was against league winners Pollock at Pollock. So we we knew we had we had to win games to to stay up basically, and uh, we we dragged ourselves through the tail end of that season. Kept ourselves up. We we call that a great escape. See that that season. It's that's the season of a great escape because we we were down. Do you know what I mean? There was no way we were coming back, and then we put us run together, and then obviously built in that going into next season, which was Brian and Arnie's first full season. Again, just for context for viewers, uh, Arnie and Brian, this was the first division we just stayed up in. Obviously, the first division, which uh, Brian and Arnie, well, Brian Slaven and Stuart Arnie Davidson came in in the beginning of January. They replaced Sandy McLean and Danny and, and, and Colin Lindsay, who'd been in charge for just, just under two years. So it's kind of the beginning of the modern large fiscal management team. That's right, yeah. Uh, Because then the following year, like you said, you kept on the good form, you get promoted again. Once you've been promoted so many times, ever wear off on your Kev? (laughs) Never. Never, because the pain of relegation still sits there and you know that it could be just in the corner. We'll Uh, we'll get on to next season in a minute because that happens I know, know. but um, no, it was... that that season was brilliant because obviously the momentum that we had finished the season prior, we carried into the following season. And uh, I remember at the start of that season, I think the first we played the first six games and we hadn't lost a game and neither had Clyde Bank. Or the first five games, we hadn't lost and Clyde Bank hadn't lost and we were playing each other in the sixth game. And uh, Brian Slavin was playing. He was like doing the player-manager but which it was brilliant. Like The season before it, he played the, when he came in he played a few games and he made such a difference just organisation experience and he was a good player 
uh, but he was playing at centre half and right back. And I actually remember the season that we, the Great Escape season I'm talking about. We played uh, Irvin Vixton there, and we eventually won each of them. But uh, Ross Lindy gets sent off, and Brian Slaven ended up getting a goal, and he nearly saved a penalty. He make it one each. Do you know what I mean? This is, this is the kind of guy you're dealing with. Like, nothing, nothing's, nothing's too much from not I mean, there's, there's no end to what he's going to do to try. And, but I remember we played Clyde Blank and we battered him at Barfields, and Brian Slaven and Nicky, Nicky Little. Went in for a tackle and Nick and Nick and high right, but Brian went in higher and uh, he kind of caught Nicky. And there was a big uproar from the Clyde Bank fans, obviously. Oh, horrible tackle for slaving and shouting and balling and getting him abuse. And he was dead folk. He, like Brian's intense. See when he's going to play a game, he gets in his own right, and uh, it's 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 good to see. Uh, and there's no getting him out of that zone once he's in it. So he went in. Him and Nicky went in and clashed. Two of them went in high. Brian went in higher. And uh, Nicky to a slower one. So obviously, Kai Bank fans can I go off in one, and a couple of Kai Bank players are over in Brian's face, shouting and bawling. And Joel Casabandi, who eventually played with Largs. So Brian's standing, just watching the games going on up the other side of the park, and jo- Brian's just focused on what's happening up the other side of the park. We're attacking, and Joel Casabandi's over and it's side of Brian's face, saying, That was a horrible tackle, you're at order, blah, blah. And Brian never even gave him eye contact and just says to him, up, you're next, <laughs> and I've never seen. I, I have never seen a guy crumble so much in my life. Joe, Joe was their top, top goal scorer, and he was like, like their top man. And Brian just like just pointed at him, didn't even look in his direction, just says you're next. And Joe, it totally ruined them for the rest of the game. And even when we played them away that season, Joe was it was written at a Joe that it was Brian had him rattled. Do you know what I mean? So. Guys like that, you need you need guys like that in your team. Do you know what I mean? That's that's what it's about. So, what was the reaction like when when he leaves early the next season? Uh, was it? Well, obviously, we we had a great season that that season. We we went on that. That's probably obviously we 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 get promoted right and. We had something like we we finished the season and there was like come not kid like six games left to play in the season and they hadn't beat us in the league that year and they had like six games to play and if they won their six games they would have been up as champions we knew we were promoted but they would have been up as champions but we we deserved to be champions that year like just with how we played and obviously we beat come we drew with them once and beat them at our place. Uh, but you know what it's like sometimes at the end of a season? Other teams who have got nothing to play for struggle to put teams together for midweek games and stuff, but Cumnock still had things to play for. So they were their guys were turning up and playing Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday to, to get their games finished. And they ended up getting the points that they needed to, to win a league. So as much as it was good to get promoted, I, it was disappointing that we never got a medal for it because we, we definitely deserved a medal that year. Um, so I promotion was good, but it, it, I wanted it to be better. <laughs> Have you ever got a, a winner's medal? At a I, for, for at any- not not for leagues. I didn't. I, I just. I think I get three promotions, but I don't think I, I didn't get a, a league winner's medal. Just the uh, Ayrshire Cup, but obviously I got a league league winner's medal at Coburnie. Um See, looking back, I've not really I've not really looked back at my career. Right, like since I stopped playing but see when I look back on it now 
I've been quite lucky because I've I've played in two Western Scotland Cup finals, won one, lost one, won a league title with Coburnie, three promotions with Args, an Ayrshire Cup with Args. Uh, I pl- played in two Ayrshire Cup finals as well, won one, lost one, and I played in a Scottish Cup final. So when you look back on it, it's, it's pretty decent going for a junior career. You get guys that get through a junior career and never play in a final. And I've played in, I don't know, what's that? Five finals or something. <laughs> uh, and won a league, so it's it's not too bad. Everyone here at Murray's Mates would once again like to say thank you to Sean and his team at GPD Mortgage Solutions for sponsoring this week's episode of Murray's Mates. Are you looking for your dream home in 2021? Take the stress out of applying for a mortgage by visiting GPD Mortgage Solutions. Take out a mortgage or insurance policy with GPD Mortgage Solutions and you will receive a free will. Plus, tell them you heard this advert on Murray's Mates and they will make a £50 donation to Lags Thistle. Find them at Facebook at www facebook.com forward slash GPD Mortgage Solutions or visit www.gpdmortgagesolutions.co.uk That's www.gpdmortgagesolutions.co.uk Obviously the following season was one of change because they uh... are Brian still oh, down. We went up. We were unfortunately relegated despite a decent second half of the season. Arnie came in as as manager, obviously previously mm-hmm. joint manager with Brian. That's right. Uh, and you became his assistant for for for, for a few weeks in the season as well. It's quite. That's right. It was quite quite a busy season for you because you were coaching and playing, and Aye. it also would be it also got the pressure to make it been quite difficult as well for you. Oh, I, I struggled that season, to be honest, Paul, because see the game before, I'm still quite pally with Brian. I still speak to him. And uh, I was actually in hospital, right? I had I had picked up a virus and ended up in hospital because of it. And on the Friday night, Brian came up to, he was working in Glasgow at the time, and he'd come up to the hospital on the Friday night and he basically says to me, listen, tomorrow, I think we were playing away to Troon. He says, tomorrow's going to be my last game. I'm leaving. And I was like, Pfft. Right, it says obviously I'm, I've not said to any of the boys, but um, my mind's made up. Uh, it's too much. I just feel as if he's, Brian's Brian doesn't do in half measures. The same as Arnie, like everything's a hundred percent, and he throws himself up. He throws himself into everything as Arnie does as well. And see when people are they putting in the effort and not showing that commitment, he, he struggles to deal with it. And I'm about the same. I, I struggle with that as well. When you put in so much to something and and you're committed to something. And you're looking about, and there's maybe guys on the team that aren't as committed as you, or not putting in the same effort as you. It's hard to take, and especially when it's a club that you care about, and a club that you've been there for a long time. Um, so anyway, Brian had told me he was leaving, and he did on a Saturday against Trun. And I got out of hospital, and Arnie had contacted me to say, uh, obviously, you'll be out for a, a, a few weeks recovering for your illness, um, but I would like you to help me out with the assistant manager thing. And my instant initial reaction was not a chance I think I was 31 at this time and I was like I don't want to do this I, I, I don't want to do it I still want to concentrate and play and I'm only 31 blah blah so Arnie says look meet me somewhere uh, and we'll, we'll grab a coffee and we'll sit and talk about it he says you can tell me your concerns and I'll tell you why I think 
you should get a bash. So I went and I met him and I told him all the reasons why I didn't want to do it. And Arnie had told me all the reasons why he wanted me to do it. And I thought, do you know what? I'll get a bash. Uh, and it's one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made, to be honest. Um, I struggled with it because I was still wanting to play. And the more I'd done the assistant part, I felt as if I was getting up my playing side and I wasn't ready to do that. And it was it was grinding away at me. And I struggled to deal at the time with some of the characters we had in the team because there was guys in uh, who, who didn't care, didn't care and were just turning up and sometimes not turning up and not giving their best. And, and I struggled to deal with that. And coming in the season, obviously we get relegated and in my head I'm thinking, maybe I need a change, maybe... Maybe I'm, I've went stale. Maybe, maybe I've been here too long. And also in my head, I was thinking, how do you go from being the assistant manager to go back to playing? Like, you, you, I mean, the next the next stage for me at Lars was probably getting them up in the pie still. I'd been there that long. I'd done that many jobs. You know what I mean? I was like, they're going to throw me in here, and I'm going to be getting in at half time and serving Bovril rather than doing a team talk. So I didn't really know. It's hard for. I couldn't see myself going for a player a player assistant to come back to just being a player it's it, it kind of I struggled to deal with it in my head and I was thinking maybe I just need a change maybe I need to get away and and at the end of that season uh, probably the biggest regret was was leaving Lars for that short spell that I left yeah. 2017 the start of 2017-18 um, I'd had a bit of interest for another couple of clubs to, to go elsewhere and uh, I'd said to Arnie I'd explained to him I, I felt as if my time was done at Largs and I needed a new challenge and <clears throat> obviously I took on the assistant thing and I really didn't enjoy it I didn't enjoy outside it because I, I felt as I say the longer I'd done it the more I felt as if I was falling away from the playing side and I was only 31 and I, I felt as if I still had a bit of offer as a player so I ended up speaking to Sandy who was a manager at, at Adrossen and they had a great setup. Uh, obviously it was a grass park and I was thinking maybe getting back on the grass I wouldn't pick up as many wee niggling injuries and uh, basically I kind of talked to myself about a, a, a leaving Largs and I had went to a drossing and when I phoned Arnie to tell him that I wasn't going to re-sign with Largs it, like, it was raging like, it was, it was putting, me and Arnie's got a good relationship but it was raging with me and, uh, and I come off the phone and I was like right okay that's, that's like the hard bit done but it never, never ever felt right. It, it just, I, I made a mistake, and very early on, going to Ardross, and I knew I made a mistake. And we actually had to play against Largs at the start of the season in a, a group section. And surreal, like turning up at Largs, going, getting in the away dressing room, getting ready in there, going out, playing against, like lining up on the other side of the park for the guys who I had played with the season before. And I, it was horrible. I didn't enjoy it. And we, I think at Adrossen, we'd on a red strip. And as soon as we kicked off, the teams kind of took shape. And I, I was getting marked by Nicky Jimison and, and Craig Little. And Big Nicky says to me, Kev, you don't suit red. You, need to, you, need to, you look better in yellow and black. Do you know what I mean? And I, like, ah. and I knew fine well. I knew fine well I did. But uh, what was even more weird at that game was uh, Murray scored a header against us. <laughs> What's up? Do you know what I mean? I've never seen Murray head he did a ball properly since I've known him and then he scores a header against me. So just when I thought my night couldn't get any more strange, Muri scored a header and that, that just summed it up for me. 
No, I was just going to say, um, I was going to ask you what brought you back to the Lags, but I've got here in my notes, it was a new up-and-coming young goalkeeper that signed for the first time and you just thought, I need to see this more nice. Well, I, listen, I had heard a lot. I had heard a lot of rave reviews and I thought, I need to go and see what this guy's made of. Um, <laughs> and I, I've, I'm not going to lie, it played a massive part in me coming back when I heard yeah. that young Grayson was was <laughs> between his sticks. Maybe I got signed that day, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a strange one because I knew I knew I had made a mistake right by leaving early on really early on so see the as I was getting paid by a drossing I, I didn't even open the envelopes and I kept the money and I put it in my drawer in the house unopened right my, like my wage and uh, I went and played in a charity game for uh, Ross Lundy's charity for his, his wee boy mm. uh, CDH and I played in that game and obviously our name stuff were there and how you settling in it or drossing I was like I'm not really like and they, they got they knew that I had I knew that I had made a mistake so I, I worked at with the RDS at Greenwich Fire Station at the time in Sandy's office he, Sandy works for Scottish Fire and Rescue he was doing fire safety at the time and his office was in Greenwich Fire Station and he, obviously he was my manager at football so I left the house I decided I, was like, I need to do something about this. I can't, I can't just go on being unhappy going there knowing I've made a mistake. So I went in to the fire station. I went into Sandy's office. He's like, Kevin, how's it going? I was like, listen, Sandy, I, I need to go. Like, I've made a mistake here coming to Ardrossan and I know it puts you in a horrible position. The fact that you've brought me in and he made me a captain at Ardrossan as well. I says, but I've just made a mistake believing Largs and I'm going to leave Ardrossan. And he's like, like bombshell. Do you know what I mean? This was only three months into the season, and he's like, right, uh, right. We'll see what we can do. Um, leave it with me. And I was like, right, okay. And uh, I was like, ah, but he says, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? He says, because the Aldrosen will probably just put you on a transfer list. And I was like, well, listen, I'm not going to go and play with any other junior team. I says, if I'm going to go anywhere, I'm going to go to Lars. And if I'm not going to go to Lars, then I'm not going to play. And he was like, right, okay. He says, right, let me speak to the club and see what we can get sorted. So he went back to Ardrossan and there was a bit of toon and throwing. And basically they were going to ask for a fee for me, and uh, which I thought was unreasonable, right? But um, basically what in the end up, long story short, to get back to Largs, I basically handed back my wages that they'd paid me for three months so that they would let me go so that I could go back to Largs and sign. Um, so that's just, that's the story. Was, were you at the same time as uh, they signed all the Cardis brothers or was that a year before? Year before, year before. Because like, I was playing the kind of Sulkets at the time and I remember they, they got a bit of a slot in amongst me and my, me and one of my mates. So, I'm at Sul- I was at Sulkets, he was at Ardea. Right. Spent a lot of money bringing players in. Rumour has it, allegedly, I shouldn't say allegedly, <laughs> they spent a lot of money players coming in. They went unbeaten to February and then they collapsed. Come. That's right, aye. Uh, and it was... It was so weird because I mean there wasn't that that league was going downhill at that point. I mean there wasn't <laughs> that many great teams in it, and Aye. to watch that happen to them as a from a circus perspective, it was quite funny. <laughs> if I'm honest, <laughs> but... definitely. Um, no, as it's it, it was. Don't get me wrong, they they a, a decent. The setup was great, uh, but it I just wasn't. It just wasn't a <laughs> uh, And you picked a great season to come back because, yeah. Again, another promotion, uh, and it was another another one of those 
we just put our run together at the end of the season. I mean, we won either 1-0, 2-0, because we didn't score a barrel load that season. It was literally just right. out on that back four, Laurie, Nicky, Craigie, and my Marty Orr. Marty Orr. On the other occasion, uh, Big Al played. And, and that's that's how we ended up getting promoted that season, because there wasn't any... Only left in any trees, but <laughs> we're doing the job. No, I don't. And then again, we got to an Ayrshire Cup final. Uh, it was a great run, but I, I think we were unlucky to get beat. I don't think we deserve to get beaten that final, but no, no, definitely, definitely. Obviously, you were there. I, I was lucky enough to share a share a bench bench with you that day. So um, memory, memory, coming comes. That seems to fair. But no, no, it was uh, obviously getting a cup final. Uh, and promotion was was good. Disappointing not to not to get in the cup final, but um, there was bigger and bigger and better things in the horizon the following right. season. Because my first bits in my notes I've got for the following season are literally just like a fine wine, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> like a fine wine. That's that, mate. <laughs> I, I just get it's Paul's gave me a stat: seventeen and thirty-nine games, Denver mm-hmm. goals. That doesn't take any account assists as well. She actually played a little bit off the wing, probably more. I, well, I started off kind of through the middle and then I moved. Kind of, I would play either. We played three up top, didn't we? So I, I played either wide left or, or wide right. Um, but that was probably my best season at large. But looking back, when, when I look back over, it, over the, my time that I spent there, it, that was probably the best team that we had. Like, consistently. Like, Every week we had a, a kind of the whole squad was just solid, um, and if you weren't performing, there was somebody on your shoulder ready to take your place. And that I, I don't know, it seems to kind of spun me on when you know you there's somebody breathing down your neck for a space, and I always seem to kind of play a bit better under under a bit of pressure. Uh, personally, it was it was my most enjoyable season probably in my in my whole junior career, uh, and. Getting a Scottish Cup final was was brilliant, but when you look at some of the boys that played in that team, it was. I mean, even in training, Murray, how the, the tempo that we used to train at and the the, the quality of the training was it was brilliant, wasn't it? And that's unbelievable because I mean, as you've seen in terms of junior football, I have literally just trained for the last few years. But I, it's just the the coming on when you're playing with players like I mean, I yourself. Addy, uh, Ryan McKee, Ben Black, uh, Joe Knowles was there for a wee bit. Okay. That's the kind of that's the kind of people you're training with. If you're doing specific work with the strikers, that's where you've got shooting in at you every session. Okay. When you go into the five-a-side games or, or the kind of small side goals, the standards are real. I mean, I, I know. Would the ground for the session and then have a go at you for. <laughs> in the game at the end. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, but uh, do you know that just became that standard just became a norm in that team at that time uh, in, in training. And I remember seeing Brian and and Arne come in at first. They stood in the changing room and they introduced themselves and they were like, "This is a, this is the way we this is what we expect." Oh. And right for the off, they were like, "We're going to train the way we play. I don't want anybody pulling out of tackles in training. I want you going as you would in a game." Tempo, pressing, tackling, everything, and and they got it, and uh, that's that's the way training just continued, and it it's, it stands you in good stead, hundred percent, getting into a game on Saturday. Um, but I I loved it, and it brought out the best in people as well, didn't it? It's you started to see the the kind of 
obviously when you've got good players running about you as well, they, they kind of spur you on to, to play better. And uh, we all kind of we all kind of made each other better players. And I, I think that's that's something that I've noticed in, in football as well. It's it's not the, the coach or maybe give you pointers, but it's the players that you train with that, that make you better players. If you've got a better standard in training, you're going to up your game. You're going to you're going to get better. I mean, I look at Craig Forbes when he came in at first to train with us. It was like, what is going on here? The tempo, and obviously he was only he was only a young boy, and he's like, the tempo here's frightening. But see, the second season that he came in and trained with us, he was flying. Like you could see him progressing technically, and obviously he's he's fit as well. But technically, come on, leaps and bounds, and he just thrives in that stuff. Do you know what I mean? He loves it. Um, but no, it's it was good. It was really enjoyable. Because even you look at things like you see everyone who kind of brought everyone on and everything started to click because, like the season before, I think I can't remember off the top of my head looking at it, I think we're fourth or fifth lowest scorers, even though we mm-hmm. finished second or third in the league and get promoted. Mm-hmm. And the next year we're turning over to we turned over Meda seven nothing. Right. Uh, so, I mean, there was four or five games where we've scored five plus nope. goals. Mm-hmm. We scored nine against the. We scored nine against our bro. That's right. Our both weren't a very good team, but it's still mm-hmm. nine goals. Which I know. Was our biggest win since 1984. Brilliant start. Brilliant start. You were actually top scorer for most of the season until Scott, until Scott usurped you near, near the end of the season. It was right. And obviously, Scott's been top scorer every season he's been here. Oh, you almost right. lost an upset. I know. I upset for the books. I know. But uh, no, it's. Uh, I mean, I always kind of always knew that if if you're you're giving service or you're playing the right position or you're playing a decent team, if you get chances, you're going to score more than your first year, um, and that's that's the way it was. Even obviously playing wide right, I only looked at the the players we had and looked at a system. Sometimes you get managers that are stuck to a set system and like we're not going to move to this. This is my formation. This is style I play. But I only looked at the squad of players we had and thought, you know what? We've got good attacking options. We're going to go three up, and it worked a treat. Um, and I got it spot on. I'll move on to the Scottish Cup in a minute. There's just one one thing I want to ask you about before we move on to that. How much of a difference do you think Mark Miller made to the squad? Uh, Mark's Mark's a quality player like that. There's no there's no denying that. And the reason the reason that, that move came about was Mark was in a restaurant with his, his wife having lunch. And uh, I, was, I says to him, Mark, what's happening with football? And obviously he's, he's from Greenock or Inverclyde. And uh, I says, what's happening with football? And he's like, um, I'm kind of speaking to this team, speaking to that team. He says, I'm actually going down to speak to Troon on Saturday. And I says, would you be interested in going to juniors? And he says, I, I wouldn't really do it. Obviously my work and stuff, uh, I need to be available for work. But if something suits me, then then I'd, I'd definitely speak to him. And I said, speak to somebody. And I says, listen, do you mind if I pass your number on to their manager? And he's like, no, that's fine. He said, I'm going to speak to Trun on Saturday. So if you want to ask him to get his phone, so I'm going to get in contact. And that's how the move for Mark came about. And Mark had went down to Trun and he says they spoke and things went well. But he says when he came to Largs, he just got a feeling that, obviously there was a couple of faces that he knew, but he says he just got a feeling that that's the move he wanted to do. And uh, Mark was brilliant. Like, there's, there's no getting away from his, yeah. his quality. And the thing for me is... It, he always seemed to be in the right position. See when we were attacking, and and maybe a cross goes into a, ball, a box and, and a team clear it, 
it always seemed to drop at Mark and he just recycled it and kept the pressure on. Like, either he, the ball would drop at him, he'd move it along, get it out the other side and then we'd attack for the other side and it just kept us always on the front foot. And uh, just his experience and, and his knowledge of the game and his positioning, his positional sense and top of his quality, like, he can shoot, he can pass, he scored goals. He made, a, he made a massive difference and sometimes that's all it needs is you might have a, a good nucleus of team but if you get one guy with that bit of quality, it can just take you on that, that extra level, and I think that's what he done for us that year. I think that's that's another one. I thought he, he brought training on again, another level. He was one of those ones. Sometimes I'd be gusting him because he, he'd, he'd have a go. Maybe he'd literally come and say to you eventually at the end of the session or something. Like, I'm no trying to have a go. I'm just meaning, calm it down, big man. Play. He, he no, walks you through everything, and I, I think I benefited a lot for that personally, I, having someone part of the squad. No, it, it helps, uh, definitely. Uh, if we're going on and we're talking about probably, is it fair to say probably the biggest game of your career, Scottish Cup final? Aye, 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 it was, uh, definitely. Um, disappointing, disappointing the aye. result. But I, I was disappointed, obviously, that I didn't, I didn't start that game as well, but um, I could see in, in the, the, the run-up to a game, I could see Arnie's, Arnie's thinking, right? I could see what what he's... He's got to think of his best way that he can beat Auchinleck and, and knew that we had pace in wide areas and they maybe lacked pace in, in, in wide areas and that's why he's went with two, like Ryan, Ryan McKee on one side and, and Ben Black on the other side. But the fact that they scored a goal early on just allowed them to do what they do. Just They sat in, soaked up the pressure and then hit his in the counter for a second. Um Listen, it was a great day. At the party, it was amazing. But I wish I, looking back on it, I'm like, I wish I could have contributed a bit more. But it's just one of them things. Um, I don't hold any grudges or anything. It's just a, a manager. It's a tough job. Obviously, I've done the assistant bit for a wee while and I don't grudge a manager or assistant. And I'll probably, chances are I'll probably never get into that side yet because of the experience I had at that time doing that. But um, I don't grudge a manager having to pick a team. There's only 11 guys that can play. You've got a certain way you want to play, and you've got to pick the guys that it, it suit that that style. And um, unfortunately, it just didn't didn't come off for us that day. Um, but a great day for the club and the fans uh, and the players. But I had been I I'd also been struggling with a wee knock that through, throughout that season, probably from about Christmas time on, I had a, I had a problem like kind of my hip, my kind of groin area. And I didn't know what it was, and I kept playing and kept playing, and then. Got to a stage I was like taking painkillers, and then like, the next day after games, that I was struggling. And uh, just before the cup final, I had went and seen the, the consultant, and I, I found out that I had a hernia and a torn tendon in my groin. So I knew I was going for an operation at the end of that season after the cup final. And obviously, I knew I had another baby on the way as well. So that was the thing as well. I knew I, I knew that that was my last game for Largs. I knew it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, so it was, I was gutted as well at, at that. So it, that game meant a lot to me because it was a cup final, because I'd spent so much time at Largs. But also I knew it was going to be my last game for Largs as well. So uh, it was it was a tough one. Emotional. I imagine that was nearly emotional on the way home. But that was probably two days alcohol catching up with me. I still think the greatest achievement of your career was being voted by Largs fans into the the, the Largs Thistle greatest eleven of the of, of the decade. 
No, listen, that was that. I, I was I was delighted to hear that, um, and I, it's something that I really appreciate uh, because you get through you get through your career, and uh, obviously your 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 aim's never to be. Um, you don't get through your career. You just want to be successful and do your best for that team. And obviously, I, I had a brilliant relationship with Willards and spent the majority of my career there and loved the club and loved everything about it. Um, but then to be recognised after you've stopped playing to be in that that team uh, of the decade is uh, it was it was nice. It was a nice touch, and I, I do I really appreciate it. anybody that voted for me in that. I really appreciate the vote, and it means a lot. When you're looking back, uh, just getting out of your time as a whole, is there, is there anything, anything you would ever change? I wouldn't have left to go to Erdrossen, 100%. That's, uh, people talk about regrets, right? And I've not really got many regrets, to be honest, but I, I wish I would have had a better, I kind of took a bit more time and thought about what I was doing and I would have never left at that time uh, when I did. It was a mistake, but it was, it's different if, if something happens and, and you can't affect it, you kind of change it. But I, I, I could change it. I made a, I made a, at that time, I thought I was making the right decision. But in hindsight, when I thought about it and as time went on, I realised it was the wrong decision. But I knew I had to change it and that's why I, I, I changed it when I did. And luckily, I was able to get back to Lask. So what took good in the end. And then looking back as well, uh, if you had to put just a top moment, a crowning moment in your in a career as a whole what, what are you putting that as uh, that's a hard one it's kind of ba- kind of bang average, really <laughs> average at best I uh, I don't know. between being in the bench me that week where you won the Ayrshire Cup and it probably it. probably being the bench with you right but <laughs> just just beats that week I'd say um, I Banter over trophies any day. Exactly. I've got me. Sometimes I've got an Ayrshire Cup runners up there. Don't know John that's that. Brilliant. Nice. And then have you got any any memories, any more stories that are about moving meta managers' cars and then what are you? You feel you should be out there. Listen, I could do a podcast about Wally McClure alone, right? But there's some some right. I'll tell you one that we Pat McIlvoy was the manager. Danny Galt was the assistant, right? And Wally Wally wasn't known for being a, a good trainer, right? Put it that way. Uh, so me and Wally had a, had Wally had been injured, and I had picked up an on Saturday, and I used to travel to games. Uh, travel down to Lars with Wally. I used to go and pick him up and take him to training. So it was a winter's night. Me and Wally are injured, and the physio had text to say, I'm not going to be at training tonight. So I had phoned Wally just before I left the house, and I was like, right, Wally, listen, uh, I'll pick you up half past for, for training. Is that all right? And he's like, listen, Kev, he says, is, is there any point me and you going down to training tonight? He says, it's it's freezing cold, a winter's night. He says, and both of us are injured, and the physio's not going to be there. We're not going to get any treatment. And I was like, ah, you've got a point. He says, Would, do you think we could maybe phone Pat and say, me and you'll just we'll go to a gym up here. It, it means we're still getting a, a session done rather than travelling down there and doing nothing, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, aye, that's fine. And then there was a silence. And he's like, it would probably be better coming for you, Kev, wouldn't it? And I'm like, right, okay. So I phoned Pat. I was like, right, I'll phone Pat and I'll phone you back in a couple of minutes. So I phoned Pat 
Uh, Pat, how are you doing? It's Kevin. Kevin, how's it going? I says, listen, Pat, me and Wally have got an injury. Physio's not going to be there tonight. Would you rather me and Wally went to the gym and done a bit up here rather than travelling down and spending a wasted night at Largs? And Pat's like, aye, that's a good shout, Kevin. He says, aye, that's good. He says, you and Wally just go and get a session done at the gym and, uh, and I'll see you on Wednesday night. And I was like, right, no bother. So I come off the phone. I phoned Wally and I was like, right, Wally, that's us. We've just to go to the gym. Wally's like, I'm a going to the gym. <laughs> And I was like, no, why? Why? Listen, I've spoke to Pat. Like, we need to go to the gym. Like, we need to do something. Kev, I'm not going to the gym. He's like, I don't go to the gym. I've never been in the gym in my life. I've, I wouldn't even know what to do in the gym. And I'm like, no, why? I've, I've already, I've already said to Pat, like, you're going to go. Kev, I'm not going to the gym. I'm not going. He says, I'll tell you what, we'll meet you halfway. We'll go for a sauna. So me and Wally ended up, <laughs> ended up going for a sauna. And that's, that's Wally in a nutshell. He's, uh, he's brilliant. Remark- very remar- remarkable character, Wally. Oh, yeah. There was one as well. See when Graham Muir had just signed for Largs. Uh, we were playing in a drossing in the Ardagh Cup at the start of the season. And obviously done pre-season with us and this is us starting to get into the games. But Muir had turned up. I didn't see him before the game, right? His clothes that he had turned up with. Obviously he was a trialist, so he, or he just signed, so he didn't have a tracksuit and that yet. But after the game had finished, we were getting ready. And I, I kind of looked over at, at Muir and he had on like his... He's kind of ridiculous, rascal, boating shoe type things, right? With a pair of denim shorts and a tank top. <laughs> and I remember looking at him like, ah, he looks like a young Freddie Mercury, right? Which he did at the time because he, he, he had kind of prominent front teeth and that. And he had kind of dark, like kind of longish dark hair and that. And I'm like, ah, a Freddie Mercury look like. So I'm just getting ready. And the next minute, oh, here's the other side of the changing room is Wally. Sometimes I feel I want to break down and cry. Starts building out a Freddie Mercury song. The next minute, the whole, <laughs> whole changing room. Did already, did already. <laughs> Muri's face is scarlet. Wally was obviously like the same thing as me. That Muri was the image of Freddie Mercury, a young Freddie Mercury. So uh, aye, that was a welcome to Largs for Wally, to, to Muri. Slotting them in front of the whole team. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever done that in a tank top. That'd be a shot. Especially a new team, Murray. It's brave. <laughs> I'm not to play a game of basketball instead of a game of football. <laughs> that was a, oh, it was terrible, terrible gear. Have you, have you really been playing football much since, or is it just a case of a kickabout here and there? Uh, no, I've, I've, to be honest, I've not played. I've not played much football. Uh, obviously, I feel sorry for the guys that are involved in football now because they're pro- probably you're talking what's that half a season last season, a tail end of a season out their career, and then a majority of a season out their career. So. Although I've not played, I've not missed much, missed much football, but um, I've not done much myself. I played a game with my pals who were, they were organising a Sunday league team and they played a friendly just in between the two lockdowns there. And uh, we won 9-0. And, but I, I didn't really enjoy it, if I'm being honest. Um, but I don't know. I'll, I'll maybe play at some, at some level, but I don't know at what. Uh, probably not, though. <laughs> Hang on, another season you got thirty fives. <laughs> <laughs> I know I can probably play the thirty fives, but uh, I'll we'll wait and see. I'm never say never, but I do. I do miss it. I miss the dressing room and all that kind of stuff, and the training. I miss training as well. But uh, trying to motivate yourself to go and train yourself is tough going, but it's got to be done. Talk about transformations. What about yours? You went away for a while with Lars, and then you turned up, and you were like a new man. What happened there? What, what instigated that? 
don't know what would have happened. <laughs> to be fair, what, what time was that? You, you, you come back, I hadn't seen you in a, a couple of months, and you come back, and you had lost a load of weight, and you were looking lean, and, and I was like, ah, Murray, what have you been up to? And you're like, ah, I just we started doing a bit of training, and, and you were looking great, you looked brilliant. I don't know more about that. Uh, I should like to point out that Kev was the only person to ever notice if I lost weight and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> should I walk over to Kev and get the shells just like Kev? <laughs> it was good to see you guys. Thanks for your time as well. It was good good to see you. And... It's been the interview yesterday, me. I just sat back there and went, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Too much to talk about. That's what happens when you, you talk to guys who are finished now. They've got so much to talk about. I was saying, get more retired players on, mate. It's a lot easier. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, by the way. Yep, I know it's been very busy. No, no worries, guys. My pleasure. Good to speak Thank to you. Thank you, Mummy. All right. Take care, That's guys. After. Pleasure. See you soon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Mummy's Mates. I'm Paul Lane. Me and Mummy will be back in a few weeks' time. For the meantime, please stay safe and come on, Fisel.